Welcome to episode four of the Performance Ooh. Advantage podcast with myself, Dr. Will O'Connor, and Dr. Matt Miller, aka MTB PhD. And today we're talking training for triathlon. So we figured we'll do a, a training for series. Uh, throughout this, we'll do training for triathlon, training for running, sort of endurance running. Matt's got us covered for the enduro, the downhill, the XCO, um, maybe some 24-hour stuff. But uh, we might as well start off talking our backgrounds in triathlon. Matt, do you want to start, please? Yeah, well, um, you know, there's a reason why, um, you know, I thought Will would be a good one to take this. (laughs) Um, And that's because of my history in triathlon, Mm. um, which is pretty limited, um, let's just say. But... Um, I'll tell you about my um, experience racing triathlons. Um, so I did an Xterra event on Long Island. This was maybe ten years ago, and um, so this is I was like, in America. Yeah, in America, uh, Long Island, New York. Um, I just kind of I was like, sweet, I'd yeah, I'd be real keen to try an Xterra triathlon. You know, yeah, I'm pretty good at mountain biking and. Um, I ran once and I swam as a kid, you know, what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I showed up the night before, slept in my car, obviously, and um, yeah, so I line up for the swim, uh, had my bibs on, my just cycling your bibs. bibs. Just cycling yeah. bibs. Okay. Yeah, just my cycling <laughs> bibs, uh, lined up on the front row, Yeah. as you do, pretty keen, um, <laughs> I've done some push-ups before. Push-ups? You know, yeah, yeah. Did you get in the uh, water beforehand? No. No. No, not at all. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I started the race, and about, you know, 10 meters in, yeah. um, people started swimming over top of me. Yeah. Um, so my bibs filled up like a big, um, <laughs> you know, kite yeah, like water or whatever. Parachute. Yeah, like a parachute, and um, slowed me right down, filled me up, and, you know, I'm sinking. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. People are pushing me down. So, you know... I did what you do in the water when you're about to die, and I panicked. Yeah, no, um, that's so, number one recommendation. Yeah, so I uh, started grabbing onto people yeah. that were swimming <laughs> over top of me, and then I could hear them, you know, as I'm like bobbing up and down, um, trying to get some air. Like he's grabbing, and then like, uh, so I just waited until all the men swam over top of me. I just floated on my back for a second to like kind of give myself a rest. Yeah, and I swam to the nearest buoy. And clung on for dear life. <laughs> um, and then I was rescued by a kayak yeah. um, in, you know, within the next 10 minutes. Um, and then I just sat there on the dock, just kind of totally distraught. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously scared and really <laughs> tired and I hadn't done anything. Um, so then, you know, they let everyone finish the swim, uh, you know. Old people, every young babies, uh, everyone <laughs> yeah. finished the swim. And uh, then they let me do the mountain bike. I yeah. passed everyone on the mountain bike, uh, which was super sweet. And then um, it got to the run, and obviously I hadn't ran. Yeah. So um, everyone passed me again in the run. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, I'm not a really good one to talk about triathlon. <laughs> but, I mean, you know a thing or two about triathlon? Yeah, well, my my first triathlon, um, well, adult triathlon was definitely a better experience than that. 
Um, so in New Zealand, we have the Weekbix Kiwi Kids Triathlon, which is like just thousands of kids do triathlon at school. Um, and you've been involved. Have you been involved with it at all? You volunteered? No, but I've yeah. seen we have a local series as well called I Tried the Trot. Oh, and, yeah, um, right. So yeah. it's the same thing, just nuts. So I'd done triathlon and then just through like rugby and school and everything, just team sports. Then after uh, like university, first year of university and playing rugby and getting drunk and living that lifestyle, I was like, nah, I need to, I want to, I want to like push myself. I'm going to do triathlon. I thought running was a bit boring, you know, like just to run. Um, yeah. Ironically, it's what I do now. But at the time I was like, nah, I, I swam as a kid um, until I was about 12 or something. So, and I always ran and then like riding a bike, you can't, if you, you know, you Just, always, there's that saying, right? You always know how to ride a bike. Yeah, it's so, like riding a bike. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. So yeah, I turn up and I used to wear these like tight shorts um, under my rugby shorts, like compression style oh, things. Yeah. Um, underwear. Yeah, yeah, underwear, like long, yeah. <laughs> long okay. underwear. Um, Jockeys, yeah. And so, I yeah, I, I just turned up, like I was starting in those. And everyone has these um these like wetsuits. And I'm like, okay. what? Okay, so these wetsuits. I did not know this. Um I think maybe there's one other person without a wetsuit. Um so this is in Napier, the 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 Shed Two Triathlon series there, which is like reasonably popular. And um Yeah, so start the swim and I just go hard out. Seven hundred and fifty meters full on. And um, after about 100 meters, I'm like so tired, so tired. And I can swim freestyle for a bit longer. Then I'm doing like a mixture of like freestyle, breaststroke, side stroke, try not to cramp or <laughs> drown. And I finally get in. I, I'm not sure if I was last. I would have been very close to it. Then I like put my rugby shorts on, my old school singlet, tie up my... Um, like running shoes. Um, can't remember if I put socks on. Then get on this borrowed bike. This old, uh, I think it's like this purple Cannondale thing. And then just just hammer it. And uh, I started passing people because I had always ridden to school and stuff. And it's like riding a bike. And I was yeah. fit. So smash that. But then these dudes come past with these like carbon bikes and like aero things and lap me. This is oh. sprint distance. So I'm being lapped. Um you know, so it's 7K, about 7K loops. So they've already gained 7Ks on me on on the bike and, okay. and biking off. And uh, then then get onto the the run. And I was already had my running shoes. I didn't even have cycling shoes, you know. So I was pretty good to go. And the run went all right. Like I ran just under 20 minutes for the 5K. Okay. Um, so, so then like finished all right, I guess. Um but I'd not. These people were wearing triathlon suits and they had springy laces and, oh man, it was um, it was eye opening. And there was even more eye opening when I went home and I was like, oh, what is? I need to get a wetsuit. And then there's like the cost. So like, then you start shelling out your cash, obviously. Pretty because, much, yeah. Like I was yeah. just um, because it's in New Zealand, like you go to university during the year and then in the summer you go home, you work to get heaps of beer money for the next year. So I spent all that like during the summer right, on yeah. new bike, new cycling shoes, cycling shorts, um, 
yeah, triathlon suit, wheat suit, yeah. So then what did you drink the next year? What? <laughs> <laughs> it was Tasman Bitter. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, don't worry. You don't need to know. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was, I was, I was like just, I was 19 um, or pretty much 20 years old. And from there, they just sparked an addiction into triathlon. And then I started racing. I just got better and better and started racing elite um, and working with elite athletes throughout um, over the next sort of, well, that was 10 years ago now. So, Oh, you've been in it for a long time then. A okay. long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so, and made that part of the people I researched and things. Yeah, yeah, right, on. right. So by this point, since you've dabbled a bit in triathlon, you know a bit about the do's and don'ts. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'm probably a good person to, to kind of ask you these questions because I don't know, you know, really many of the do's. Yeah, because um, it's, and this is, so a lot of people come in and they sort of are trying to piece together swimming, cycling and running individually, which is not um now like the sport's been around for at least sort of 40 years um probably 20 since it's been in the olympics so it's very professional very um advanced now in the in the coaching and methodology uh of training principles and also it's triathlon is very receptive to change um because it's such a new sport like the Tour de France has been the Tour de France for over a hundred years. They just had their hundredth anniversary or something. So you know what you're getting there, you know, and people are like, this is how we do it. Yeah. Drugs. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, with uh, with triathlon, yeah, I thought we'll, we'll go through and sort of I'll talk through my approach to to training for, for triathlon. Um, okay, cool. And yeah, when we talk triathlon, it's sort of like, as I was saying to you before we came on here, like mountain biking, how do you train for mountain biking is like such a huge scope. There's downhill, there's cross country, there's 24 hour. So when we talk triathlon, we sort of, we have short distance and long distance. So our short distance is anything from, um, you know, a one hour race to around three hours. Long distance is going to be four hours for the professionals up to 17 hours from Pretty much, we're, we're talking half Ironman to Ironman. Okay, and how do you think, like, um, someone's ability would kind of transfer over in, like, the different events? Say I'm doing a short event, and I'm, but I also want to do a long event. Like, yeah. Is there much crossover in, like, the kind of training that they do? Yeah, there's... I mean, because how different are they? Yeah, right? well, it's Because, like, you have swim, swim, bike, run. Yeah, and it's still an endurance event. Um, so there is going to be crossover as just... The sheer volume of training you need to do to um, comfortably execute a 10 or 12 hour, for most people, plus race is completely different to what you can do to get through an hour to three hours. You know, so when we're looking at swimming, that doesn't really change um, because the way in which you the sheer load of swimming you have to do to be able to induce enough um, adaptation because of the, the non-loading nature of it. Um, you can still swim three times a week for a sprint distance as much as you can for 
uh, an Ironman, um, which is going to be around an hour to an hour and a half of swimming. Um, well, swimming's all about technique, isn't it? It is. It's hugely about technique, and it's such a small component to the overall race that it's more about um, when we go to Ironman, it's more about can you get through the swim? Like that's sort of it, really. Can you get like through Like, don't the... die. Yeah. Right? And, and don't waste energy. Like, yeah. can, can you get through the swim and, and come out and be sort of like, yep, cool, tick that box kind of thing. You're not making or breaking your race, especially for 90% of the field where, um, you know, if you're, if you're particularly going for, for a win in an age group or overall or, or overall placing, then it, then it matters determining on groups and things. Um, but then because if you can draft in the swim, can't you? Yeah, There's yeah. A bit of a drafting element. Yeah, there is. Um, so that's Ironman and half Ironman is really like, how can I most efficiently get through this? Um, because if I lose five minutes, gaining five minutes on the bike, which is, you know, for the professionals, two hours, for most people, two and a half to three and a half, like five minutes over three and a half hours, that's reasonably easy to gain if you have mm. the, enough energy. But if you've like exerted like way too much energy, trying it's to gain, to lose. trying to gain time in the swim, now you've been you know you've burnt off a bit of glycogen or sure, and uh, you could lose that five minutes really really quickly. Yeah, you know that same five minutes. Yeah, so quickly. Um, so that that's long, and then when we go shorter, um, we still need to swim because now it becomes it does become a larger component. Um, because if you've even done the training you could easily sort of lose almost that same amount of time, probably more like a minute, two minutes, um, if you haven't done enough swim training to swim at, you know, working on your technique and things because the way that water works compared to air is it's the same sort of dense medium. So when you try to go faster through it, it sort of creates a huge, a larger resistance. Um, so yeah, if you, so you need to, do sort of a minimum amount of swimming in both instances. One, to ensure that you're fit enough just to get through, and the other one, to ensure that you're fit enough to be able to um, swim at a, at a fast enough level that you're not completely out, out the back. Yeah, yeah, so like in terms of the whole race, what, how, in percentage, percentages, like yep. what would swimming be in terms of the overall time? Oh man, you're asking me, so... Just roughly roughly because what i'm trying to see is like you know this is it's this big of a component of your actual race then how big of a component is it of your actual preparation yeah right so it's probably uh 20 percent, i guess um yeah and then if we look at iron man it it varies because of like it's going to be yeah a little less than an hour what's What's like 45 minutes or an hour of 10 hours is 10%. Yeah, so so it's probably closer to 10%. Okay. Um, and then as a component of your training, it, it is going to make up more than 10%. Um, and why is that? Well, let's say you train for 10 hours a week. Um, doing one hour of swimming is, is not enough to induce... An, any sort of um what's the way to say it like to induce enough response it's not enough stimulus um 
you could play around if you're doing a sprint distance you could play around with like you know short super and in high intensity swim sets of like three by three 20 minute swim sets um but even then like you know that's not getting you fit is it yeah but you know i've always wondered like because you're doing all this other training you know yeah but we're not like, us- not using our arms no yeah so it's a totally different muscle group yeah and that, you know that's the whole point of training right you're trying yeah. to like cause these changes within the cell in these muscles that you're going to use in competition yeah swimming's quite a lot different than you know the other sports that you're going to do in triathlon yeah it's so different and it's and so you need to and then like with iron man you like i'm saying you need to be able to complete that swim and half iron man without it having affected you at all so you need to be very aerobically fit to do that and then obviously to become very aerobically fit you need to do a large volume of aerobic training or at least a a large continuous chronic stimulus on those muscles yeah um so if you if you're only gonna do one hour a week it's not it's not gonna do it okay Um, so we're talking one hour of a lower limit right but then we see guys and girls like going to the pool like almost every day when yeah. they're training for triathlon. And yeah. it's such a small component of their actual race. So you need to do more than one hour, but like when's too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, the way to look at it would be to do some kind of time trial, right? To, to see where, where you are on the spectrum. If if you are if you can go and say for a sprint distance you know you can swim 750 meters or, or a kilometer and you can do that fairly steadily um, and do whatever time you do but you can you can feel like you can push it then you're in a pretty good state okay so now now three times a week is completely fine you can work on you know one larger swim set. You can work on for your overall endurance, a low intensity one. You can do a high intensity, sort of threshold based one for um, actually, you know, working on the muscular engagement and per, you know, grabbing the water. And then you can do like a, a super high intensity, like 50 meter, 25 meter short sprints with technique based. Um, and that should be enough to get you through. To, to help you improve and maintain a consistent swimming. Um, but then if you're going, you know, if you're going into Ironman and you go, okay, well, I need to swim 3.8K, let's call it 4 4Ks, you go and you go to the pool and you can't swim that without stopping. Now you're in... You're that's in a, a problem. Diff- that's a problem. That's, that's, that's a big problem. Because yeah. now not only can you not swim it... Um, when you do swim it you're wrecked you're wrecked because and you have to bike and run after that so not only just bike and run like you're going to spend the next half a day doing that (laughs) uh so now you need to put in a fair block of time maybe five sessions a week to get yourself to the point that you are now able to comfortably swim a 4k yeah. Um, and once so, you get to that point, you can then reduce the volume. And I think this is where people make the mistake of trying to continually improve. And I look, we're we're trying to grab a couple minutes here. Like we can get those on the bike very easily. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit like just kind of working on your weaknesses, isn't it? Like it is. You... But then like with with running and cycling, we can make such large improvements through training smart and training consistently. Whereas with swimming, we can get to a certain point and let's assume that your technique is good enough. Um, when we're now going to really, really struggle for a lot of people to gain any significant improvement right. um, compared to if we just like said, this is what we're doing. We're doing those three swims a week, this, this, and this. And now we're really going to focus on how do we improve the bike and run and the overall bike and run combo. Um, now we're now we're dropping huge minutes, minutes yeah. that just aren't even available in the swim. Yeah. So um, you kind of have to take a step back as like the either the athlete or the coach and be like, well, this is where we're at with our swimming, and this is where we want can possibly be, and yeah. then you kind of need to then take a step back and focus on the trainings that are actually a huge part of the rest of your race. Yeah. Yeah, just draw a, you know, that's a really good point to, if you can just draw on paper, like, all, what is the best possible outcome of me swimming, my swim training for the next six months, say, you know, what, what could I absolutely think I could peak out at in terms of swimming speed? You write it down, you go, oh, okay, well, that's, that's like a, you know, over 750, it's like a minute faster. <clears throat> And if you're near the top of the field, that is a big, big improvement. But in a lot of cases, you're like, oh, okay, well, why would I put so much effort into two minutes where I can do that same exercise on the bike and the run? Go, well, how much can I improve? No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, for the majority of people, again, if we're getting to the top of the field and you start looking at swim, bike, and run and you're, you're really at the upper limit... It, it does start to be like, well, where where can I get this time? Yeah, um, sure. Like at the pointy end, you're focusing on making the tiniest, tiniest gains, doing everything you possibly can to make the smallest gains in everything. Yeah, um, uh, but then you're probably training it at different kind of levels and different time availabilities anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, over, overall, that's, that's the way to do it. Just look at wh- what is the potential gain here? Is it worth it? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I I've always see these um like photos on Instagram or whatever from, you know, triathletes and you'll see them they'll be at the pool or something and they'll have like their bike on a trainer next yeah. to the pool. Do you guys yeah. ever do any kind of like you'll jump in, do like a a good swim workout and then you'll immediately get out and go on the trainer? Um I'm not that not that big on it. Um Thanks. I have done it as a bit of like the way I would implement it is to test if you're swimming too hard or if you're kicking too hard. Um, there's an article, I'm not sure if I put it on my new website, um, I can upload it after this. Um, I, I've designed the triathlon kick impact test. So, what a lot of people do is they kick way too much in swimming. Now, you can pretty much make the kick null especially if you're wearing a wetsuit because it provides <clears throat> only like 5 to 10% propulsion, um, which is overall when you're not going that fast because you're swimming, it, it's like it's not worth the, the energy input. You know, your okay. quads are big muscles. If you're kicking the whole time, you're, you're burning off a lot of energy. 
because uh, just it's so it's such an inefficient movement it's a lot of muscle mass to use isn't it yeah it is yeah. um so anyway if you're if you're kicking way too much you just you're just burning energy um for especially if you're wearing a wetsuit for not much return mm. um so then we'll get on the bike and then we can hopefully um they've got a power meter or um so if you've got a trainer jump on the bike try and bike at 300 watts or a fixed heart rate or something like that and we can then have a look at what how did that feel what was that rating of perceived exertion um so we can do the kicking and then we can do non-kicking we can also swim slight what would be considered like moderate intensity and hard intensity we can look at the times so it's like, this is like a pacing thing yeah you know we can look at the times and go look for 20 seconds you got on the bike and you weren't completely wrecked um the amount of times people have got on the bike and it takes them five to ten k's um you know anywhere from five to 20 minutes to actually get going to recover from that huge bout of kicking right um, or swimming too hard um and if it, they only went 20 seconds faster by kicking really hard then yeah, you know, exactly. And we can we can that. look at we can see that when you come out and you got a heart rate monitor on it's at one eighty or if you've just calmed down a little bit and you haven't swum any slower or maybe just slightly slower, but you're getting on the bike in a better position. Mm. Um so that's so that protocol yeah is up on up on my website. I'll link to it in the description. Cool. Um but yeah, in terms of the whole like converting swimming to to cycling, it's not and even um, cycling to running, I'm not big on on needing to work those transitions, um, especially in in Ironman because you have such a large time to readjust. You know, for sprint distance triathlon, you need to work on it because you're getting off the bike and you're getting straight into a 5k run. Um, mm. So you're getting straight. You need to be able to be very um, experienced at quickly transitioning sports. In an Ironman, you get off the bike, and what you're doing in the first 5k or 3k um, is going to be a lot different to what you're doing, you know, another half an hour or so down the track. Um, you got plenty of time to build into it, so it's not like you're getting off the bike and being like, oh, "I need to run," like I need a, "Oh, my legs are a bit." Well, just if you just like chilled for 500 meters, you'd probably be fine. Yeah, um, just cruise for a little. Yeah, so it's like it's important in terms of just getting that overall volume of training in a day to work a three-hour bike and a two-hour run or something. Um, but that's not so much training the transitional side of things. It's training the overall... Just uh, the energy system. Yeah, the overall volume and, mm. and muscular recruitment of like you rode for three hours and now you got to run for two hours. Um and that's so would good... you, um, so say you're running and biking in the same day yep. for your different training sessions, would you then, since you're not big on, you know, working on the transitions, would you then like maximize the, the break that you have in between those two sessions to get the most out of each? Would yeah, you do it's... something like that? Yeah, yeah, morning morning and evening. Um, now, triathlon is just, just a ridiculous sport. <laughs> uh, yeah, in terms I of would tra- agree. Trying to juggle training, like... Like what I'm saying, like what we've just talked about in terms of the swimming side of things, it's almost a completely different sport, swimming, that you're training for. There's quite a large crossover. Like there's fitness gains, sure, like cardiovascular, like overall fitness, but in terms, 
You can swim all you want. It's not going to make you a better runner. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, like you can, you'll, yeah. I mean, I mean I, you can bike all you I, want. It's not going to make you a better swimmer. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's more, that should be more what I'm saying. You can bike and run as much as you want. It's not going to make you a better swimmer. Not yeah. so, because swimming can, can help. Um, sure, yeah. but cycling is not going to help you swim any better. No, no. It's going to make your legs is, you know, too heavy and you're going to cruise along like a bloody jet boat. Yeah, I just spend the whole time on my back just resting. So <laughs> hopefully the current will wash me in. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so I forgot the question. What? Where were we going with that one? Yeah, so, okay, so you got... Oh, so um, trying, to, trying to maximize uh, the training effectiveness. Um, yeah, sure. It's so we need endurance for any event. Okay. Even for the fittest guys, the sprint distance is taking an hour or just under an hour. Now that's, that's still, that's a long time. That's an endurance sport. I don't care what anyone says, something that's one hour, something that's 15 minutes is an endurance sport. Yeah. It's, uh, um, the name is deceiving, right? Yeah. Like sprint distance. Like, oh yeah, it's just hard. Um, yeah. again, so we need to train three sports, but we also need to train a, a reasonable amount of volume. Um, so when the, it's generally for a lot of people are working Monday to Friday, yeah, we're trying to get some consistency in with some intensity. So a trifer would probably train slightly harder than... I would have an individual sports person because they're not able to run five days a week, you know, to get to be able to um, not have to run hard because they can run enough to get to get benefits from just being running um, the overall running volume. Uh, but they can get all that fitness side of things from the swimming and the and the biking. Um, so I will retract my statement that swimming doesn't help you with other sports. Other sports don't help you with swimming. Sure, um, yeah. yeah. So so now we can we can get a lot of the fitness side of things that we need from not running. So that's all good. Now we can look at uh, yeah making a couple or a singular running session a lot harder, like an interval based one, um, and. So if you're th- running three times a week, you got your long run in the weekends generally. You've got your general aerobic run um, on, say, a Tuesday, Thursday. Now you've got like an interval-based run. So if I was just training a runner, there's no way I'd have three runs with one of them hard. Um, it's just, you know, you'd, you'd just get them to run a lot more yeah. get, for the same benefit and less risk of injury and overtraining. Yeah, sure. Because um, the faster you run, the more potential you have for getting injured and the more you run so running is also tricky isn't it yes because you can bike as much as you want really yeah and and the bike for a lot of people is going to be the largest component and the biggest potential for gain um so then we can we can get a lot of volume and fitness out of the bike um and yeah it's it is about trying to trying to bike a lot but then you still if you're doing an ironman or a half ironman you still have to run a marathon or a half marathon right so trying to train for that off of three days a week um 
is kind of hard. And then, because there's a saying, swim and bike for show, run for dough. Uh, and again, with the bike, we're we're trying to get through it at the highest possible, um, I guess, power output or, or maintain speed. It's, and in the end, it's speed. How fast can we do it? Trying to do that at the highest rate. Without getting tired. Without getting tired, right? Um, whereas swimming... We're not too concerned at, at our best possible output. We're more just like, let's get through it. If we lost a couple minutes, we did. If we didn't, great. And the bike, if we are not on, we can lose 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you know, um, if we've potentially gone out a bit hard. And then again, if we haven't lost that time in the bike and we've just overexerted ourselves a bit in order to meet a certain time requirement, we are most definitely going to lose that at from kilometer, you know, mile 20 or kilometer 30 onwards. Um, yeah. And, and the same, the same goes for, for a sprint distance triathlon. If you go out and just try and rip your legs off, um, trying to catch the front of the race, uh, or the next person in your age group or whatever, and you now can no longer run as fast as you possibly can, you've been reverted to slowing down, um, you're now losing time. Yeah, well, like I always say this in mountain biking and things, when usually when we're talking about equipment, and I say, uh, or when we're talking about going too fast, and I always say you're not going very fast if you're laying on the ground <laughs> off of the track, right? Yeah. Because you're not, go and it's the same for running. If you end up having to walk like for 20 minutes or something like that, or, you know, stop because you have a cramp or, um, you're not going very fast if you're not moving. So all those gains that you had just made, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, and it's important to understand during the during the bike leg, um, whatever the distance, is you can do nothing and still move forward, right? Like yeah. if you're going down a hill, you can move forward by so and so. Yeah, it is about trying to um, to be most efficient throughout the bike but then still trying to um to gain time okay so we can gain fitness and time on the bike uh at, by by doing that um, yeah yeah so where where are we going with this question I oh remember. we're just talking about triathlon yeah, yeah yeah um so the bike how can we yeah how can we improve uh so it's a it's again a combination of of pretty much just fitness and obviously if you're if you're just heading out on flat roads cruising you're not really gaining yourself a lot um but if you're able to incorporate some hills or some more sweet spot intervals um again we've got the running which really does contribute a lot to cycling fitness um in terms of overall aerobic base fitness like you can put a run a runner on the bike and they're not they're not going to, you know, embarrass themselves. Um, Sometimes. I, I I'm not talking Sometimes. about handling yeah, or, yeah. or anything like that. Like if they're going to, if they're going to go out and do a hill climb, you know, it's, they'll go all right. Yeah. Yeah. Runners tend to be pretty good at standing and cycling. Yes. Um, yeah. Because that's pretty, like, if you think about the mechanics of running, it's almost like what you're doing when you're like climbing up a hill out of the saddle. Just yeah, the cadence is similar. Um, the force application is, is kind of similar, um, but it's 
Yeah. Yeah, so like that's what I'm saying. You can you can gain a lot of fitness f- for your riding and then depending on what what you're doing it's like how can we how can we elicit the most bang for the buck um because now that's that's the name of the game and training for you know 90 percent of the field who aren't professionals and have all the time in the world they can't be training five hours every day um so it's really like what is this person's overall ability to train in a week and from there what is their overall ability to train in a week every week for six weeks or eight weeks or 12 weeks um not just what what can we do the most this week and then next week and then be collapsed uh, yeah sure if you do a 20 hour week and you're wrecked um and you can't train for you know two weeks after that what have you gained really yeah but, and i heard a really good comment and i thought about it on my on my run uh i had a couple uh, i had some 1k intervals to do on a two minute rest and this guy you probably wouldn't have heard of him lionel sanders um who's like he shares a lot he's one of the best long distance triathletes in the world absolute animal and um he was saying don't reduce recovery or rest show me more work in the intervals right so it's um you need to understand what the main goal is of your training is to become a better athlete so if you're so tired that you can't be hitting your goal times or you're just slow you know you're gaining all this fatigue in all of your power outputs swim times overall training um sort of intensity is all dropping you're not you're you're in this gray zone which triathletes fall into so easily because it's so volume intense yeah um people like well i need i you know let's say we're doing three runs a week right um you got tuesday thursday and saturday now for whatever reason um tuesday rolls around maybe you've got work commitments maybe you're just really tired um something happened now you can't run now you haven't run since saturday and you know you're not running till Thursday. It's almost a whole week without running. So that weighs on you. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, oh shit, I, I I better get out tomorrow. Otherwise, I wouldn't have run for. And um, you know, when you look narrowly at the point in time, overall, you're like, oh, actually, I've I've you know, I've only missed one session in a month. But at that point in time, so yeah, yeah, with, but that with, happens, like missing sessions. You know, it does, but it's normal. harder with triathlon because you're you're missing a, a quite an integral link in your overall plan. Yeah, so when this you're, is when this you're is cycling kind of what every I'm, day. What's that? This is kind of what I'm thinking about, like, and like because you talk about this gray zone, and yep. I'm look, I'm thinking about a triathlete that they're doing less of a sport, less of each um, activity yep. um, each week. So potentially they need to spend a little bit more time going at a higher intensity in each. How yep. much high? In, how many high intensity sessions can you really do? Um, you know, because I think this is where people kind of start to um, really make mistakes, right? You're like, well, I'm doing less running, so I need to go a little bit harder in my running. I'm doing less cycling, I need to go a little bit harder in my cycling. You know, and this is one of the biggest pitfalls is um, when people are training for sports is they end up going too hard. In a yeah. lot of things. 
So yeah. how hard do you really need to go to avoid having your intensity have to reduce and fall into that gray zone? Um, I mean, it's it's highly individual, but first off, I just put everyone, um, depending on the, on their experience level, but pretty much we're, if we're going into, we're, we're not racing soon, we can just train aerobically. Um, and that's going to elicit enough benefit okay so now we can see how how is this all how how is this panning out let's do some time trials let's do a power test hill climb test time trial whatever um swimming is always going to be high intensity because if you dawdle up and down the pool um for an hour it's you're you're pretty much eliciting the same force on your arms every single time what well you're actually going slower Okay, you will fatigue, um, so there's no. It's really hard to try and overload the arms uh, in swimming. So you need to by just swimming nonstop. You, you need to yeah. You need to kind of just go. Yeah, you, you need to do do intervals. Whereas um, you can do an aerobic based hill climb, say uh, at a cadence of forty to sixty, with a low heart rate but you are gaining a large amount of stress in your muscles, you know, large muscle recruitment because you can um, fight gravity. Same with running. Um, even if you're walking up a flight of stairs, like a large stair set amongst a hill climb, and say you're taking every second step, but you're walking, you're still fighting gravity at quite a harsh rate um, that's, that you can gain fitness. So, yeah, we're... we're that's that's generally what I'm having to do is actually slow everyone down, and we can we go through this process of, of slowing everyone down. Then after a, a month doing some tests and going, you know, well we're still improving, so it's completely fine. Um, and after that, it becomes like well, we we do need to be exercising, racing at a at a high intensity. Um, so then we can we can look at incorporating um, more so on the bike first of all the run is like it's not fast you know like a lot of people it's called a sprint distance triathlon but for a majority of people they're going to be uh, over 20 minutes um, in their running so let's that's a bit over four minute k's in terms of real speed that's not that fast okay when you've got Kenyan marathoners running sub three minute k's for a, for a marathon, marathon. That's like that's not that fast, you know, because that that's that's a marathon. That's two hours that they can run that speed. So again, it wouldn't be considered fast um, as much as something like a eight hundred meter or a hundred meter would be considered actual speed or fast. Yeah, sure, um, it's all going to be relative, though, isn't it? You know, it is. It is. So. A lot of the time, just by running, you're going to be able to improve up quite, you know, up to around that. Once you start getting below four minute k's, you start to be running at a reasonable um, cadence and stride length. That does require a bit of range of motion training. Um, otherwise, yeah, if you are able to run enough, you're able to elicit enough. Whereas when we're talking about cycling, even a a middle of the pack cyclist can still travel at 40 k's an hour on, on a gradual downslope in an aerodynamic position. So you do need to be able to 
exert that, those kinds of, of power outputs. Um, yeah. yeah, So, but let's, let's be realistic. Some people won't ever hit a four-minute K, yeah. even outside of a triathlon. Yeah. So, you know, for someone like that, um, you know, probably like me or whatever, um, yeah. you know, maybe for me when, I'm, when I am running, maybe I should just be focusing on just kind of running. Yeah, you also have to understand um, that you you are having to do this post one hour in a sprint, and then post um, I don't even where where would we where would we be in an Ironman? Ten hours, eight hours. If you exercise for eight hours and you think you're going to go run fast, you just need to be able to run very efficiently. Um, and so in some instances, speed or, you know, like a 400 meter interval is going to be incorporated into that. Not so much for all the other like metabolic physiological adaptations as much as just the, the muscular recruitment pattern, um, yeah. and running efficiency side of things. Yeah. Right. Cause the faster you run, like, even though you're not going to do that fast of a run in your race, as you start to train and run faster, you get a massive loading with you know every stride when you're going faster yeah and so that'd be what you're kind of focusing on training there yeah whereas you know so for that half and the and the full line man it's it's again just about how fast can you run without having to slow down you know we're, with this whole process we're just trying not to slow down it's not so much we're trying to get faster and faster it's like what's our speed where we're not going to slow down because once we start slowing down or stop now, or stopping especially in an iron man um if you're stopping like you said you, you you know with your mountain biking Colin, you're not going fast if you're lying on the ground no um, no, no, and if not. you're standing at an aid station chowing down um trying to you know recuperate yourself there's you're not gaining time you are you are 100 losing time um, and if that's because you've thought I'm going to try and run as fast as I can every single session, uh, which a lot of people do, or at least I'm going to try and, you know, overexert myself in every session because that's a big tick for, for me for working hard. Um, you, you'll find yourself, yeah, uh, with an aerobic deficiency syndrome and, yeah. and, and not in the best possible position. And that's the same for a sprint distance triathlon, which is going to take at least an hour, you still have to be able to exercise for an hour, you know? So just working on the speed component of it isn't going to gonna get you those benefits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have a saying. It's Okay, let's it's hear an, it. All right. So you know I've got a few sayings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, um, it's not what you... And this is, probably isn't mine. Uh, it just sort of heard it or came up with it myself i'm not sure it's not what you do sometimes it's what you do all of the time okay okay so i and and i came up with this more so around that low carbohydrate diet you know where where the main benefit we're looking to elicit is metabolic flexibility and an increase in fat oxidation or fat burning and people get so caught up in that that they're like oh i can't eat carbs oh i've eaten carbs now i've completely derailed my whole it's like, it's not what you do sometimes, it's what you do all of the time. Um, so it's not like you can't train hard ever, but right. if the majority of training, what you're doing all of the time is aerobically based training, 
then you'll gain a large aerobic base. Um, if what you do a lot of the time is hard, middle-of-the-road training, you can't really expect to to go up or down from that. And yeah, yeah. if what you do all of the time is is continuously like train, overtrain, rest, half-ass training, like that's what you do all of the time. So that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And it's the same with um, expectations and results. Uh, triathlon's quite bad for that in terms of people actually understanding what have you run off the bike before and not what have you run fresh and what do you think you'd do it's like what is the what are these um, actual numbers or times that I'm expecting to hit um, because otherwise yeah you're going to be again trying to go too fast and slowing down yeah 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 you know, yeah. when you were talking about your saying there, you kind of reminded me of my saying. Oh, I always say it. Um, and it's, I, my saying is that if all you eat is tater tots, you're going to race like a tater tot. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's my go-to. Yeah. You could use it with any food, but um, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it, you know, that's training, training's what, it, training's chronic, right? So you need to keep doing it. And um, if you can't keep doing it because you're too tired or, you don't keep doing it because um, because of whatever, um, you know. You need to really look for those chronic kind of gains in your training, little baby steps all the time. Yeah, um, and that's that's where it comes from. Like, so if we're talking about sleep, or we're talking about nutrition, or we're talking about stretch stretching or massage or or roller work or um, recovery, what it it's not what you do sometimes. Like, oh yeah, I get a massage once a month. It's like okay. It's, it's what you do all, what are you doing yep. the other, like, however many, you know, 29 days in the month. Yeah, that's right. I love tater tots, right? <laughs> so that doesn't mean I'm not going to ever eat a tater tot. Yeah. But if all I ate was tater tots, I would race like a tater tot. And, you know, if all I did was, you know, train way too hard or, um, you know, blow myself up all the time, I'm going to race um, like a tater tot pretty much. So, yeah. 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 Um, although, like... I predominantly train aerobically, right? Like, um, it would be, I do not, I tr like at the moment I'm around that, that 80, 20, 80% aerobic and 20% high intensity, uh, for my marathon. Um, but otherwise it'd be even 90, um, percent, but then I run fast, you know, like, uh, I was able to finish off 130 K running week in the in the weekend with a 34 minute 10k um which so although i run slow almost all the time i can race fast so i guess my saying doesn't really work in that instance right uh if yeah, i'm just so this, thinking out loud well if you know because if you know you think oh, all i eat is tater tots i'm gonna race like a tater tot you know if all you eat is um slow running you're gonna race slow Right, which you know actually isn't true, and this is you know both. Well, of, I guess like, I don't always train, but no, but you do most of like training aerobically just kind of makes sense, and we've talked about that before. I like the benefits of that, and um, yeah, that's probably another podcast episode. Actually, it definitely um, is. Yeah. It, it is. Um, but then, like the majority of uh, you wanted to talk about energy systems today, and I was like, geez, that's a hard one to navigate. Um, like with this 10k that I just did, although 80, 90% of my training is, is aerobically, 
Um, that's 95%, probably 97% of a 10K running race is going to yeah. be aerobic. So it's not so much like, although I'm running fast, metabolically, I'm, I'm using the predominant energy system that I train in. Yeah, uh, it's all going to be relative. Um, and, you know, if and you're running for 10K, it's going to be mostly aerobic. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, whether yeah. you're running um, 20 minute Ks or, you know, two minute Ks or some, you know, it's going to yeah. be aerobic relative to yourself and what you can do. You can't sprint for 10K. No, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, in that sense, my saying still works. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. We'll give it. Uh, so what, what else do you want to know about training? Um, for for triathlon matt um i I think we could talk about this for years you know training for triathlon um i I just like you know we're starting to run out of time a little bit here but um what do you think about some major um pitfalls that um people you know have in in their training for triathlon anything common that you see a lot and when you're working with triathletes um what would be the most common swimming too hard again so swimming does need to be hard uh we've gone over this but then it also you need to be able to swim efficiently um so one of the big things i see is people are going out and they're trying to generally if you swim with a squad so you won't know this matt if you swim with a squad you have lanes okay so you have the fast lane and then you have um the moderate lane and a slow lane. Depending on how big your squad is, there may be more of them, right? And so, like when I started, I wanted to be in the I wanted to be in the fastest lane. So I was trying to get there as fast as possible, and I was just reaming myself in these swim sets because um, now you you know our our friend Hamish who used to do triathlon. Um, he's a farmer now, but so Hamish was far far better swimmer than me by all accounts and i'll jump in his lane now we'll do a warm-up and i'm getting thrashed and then we'll do the the session and i'm pretty much doing his session and way I'm above sw- your limit way above my how limit. do you feel so, after that like wrecked and he's yeah. ready to go yeah you know because he's he's training essentially like just overall the session is aerobic I guess because although on say he's doing a hundreds, um, he's getting twenty seconds rest and I'm getting three, and I'm swimming at a higher intensity anyway. And so now by the tenth one, I am just in the box complete, and he's just ticking them off. Yeah, you know, you just so need he, to go home and eat a can of baked beans, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so there's no progression there. Again, we're although we're, we're training high and getting, we're just, we're in this middle of the road where now I'm not like, I'm not sort of training easy, but I'm also getting so fatigued. I'm not swimming efficiently. Um, and I'm warming up too hard and the same goes for swimming too, too long a sets. Like you can get in like three K's is completely fine. Um, even two K's, uh, depending on your ability, you can get your warm up done, um, and you can nail your sets, nail your times, give yourself enough recovery. It doesn't need to be five seconds like a lot of people think. You don't need to be pushing for these um, for these short turnaround times. Give yourself fifteen to 
to 30 seconds, um, I re- highly recommend the Swim Smooth program. Um, they essentially have, so they have this beeper that goes in your swim cap. And because the pool is always the same distance and water's essentially the same density, when you swim at a speed, it's, it's pretty much the same output over the distance, right? So you put this beeper in and it can, so you go, oh yeah, I need to be swimming uh, 25 seconds per, per 25 meters. So it will beep. So you can actually stay on pace. And oh, so nice. throughout the whole session, it's like, you know, if you're doing a bike effort or a run effort, you'd go, I need to um, bike at 300 watts, three by five. I need to run five Ks at four minutes. So it's like a power minutes. meter for swimming. It's like I a like power it. meter for swimming. Yeah. So you put this in and you go, I need to swim um, my threshold. You can do a time trial, 400 meter time trial, 200 meter time trial, just like your critical power one, right? Draw the, take the asymptote, draw the curve. There's a calculator online. Like, yeah, yeah, just um, do that. Do that. And uh, just like your power output comes out at 280 watts, this comes out at your your 100 meter threshold is, um, you know, a minute 40, right? So you can put that timer, you can put that 1 minute 40 in as 25 or 50 meter intervals and it will beep. So if you're going too hard and then dying or if you're um, swimming you know, too slow, and you need yeah, to speed up. Yeah, it's just something to kind of gauge. It's, to, it's you making to sure you're yourself. staying in your zone. Yeah. And that consistency, you're not, you know, reaming yourself. And again, with with triathletes and a lot of athletes who are often overestimating their abilities, do your time trial. And if your time trial says what it says, that is what you are able to put out. Yeah. So it's not just as, for athletes that overestimate their no, abilities. It's this is just kind of athletes. everyone. So, yeah. Uh, do your time trial and it will tell you cool that's just you have to accept it yeah because it's you and um and you'll probably end up training slower than what you were and not being as wrecked by the end of it um there you go that's that's in swimming uh then in in running yeah it's generally too hard running Um, too hard standard running running too hard is very standard um And cycling, cycling is overall pretty good. Um, I don't, I don't really see too many issues with cycling. Probably. I see one actually. While What's we're on, that? probably they're braking too much. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, we'll talk about that next time maybe. Um, biking, the the biggest pitfall in biking would be bike setup. Yeah, um, a lot of the time that sort of, I guess it goes. When we're looking at longer distance, um, actually in a lot of cases, people are trying to be really aerodynamic. And they you know, do that in, and they just actually become less efficient, don't they? Because far it's set less up wrong efficient. for themselves. Well, you see them, and you got to look at the course and um, the comfort. And a lot of the time, I, I don't know how you could measure this um, you know, easily, but how many times are you up on... What you what would call up on the hoods or up on the bars, like not in your time trial position, like how long in a half or a full Ironman are you riding like that? And if it's a large portion of the time, you're better off having a road bike with clip-ons. You know, you you're going to be far more comfortable. And then when you're not on on the bars on the the clip-on aero bars, you're going to you be can in, be more comfortable and in a more aerodynamic position. Than when you're like 
and yeah safer position than when you're like you're gonna be able to grab your drink bottle grab your nutrition rather than being slammed down because now they're going for this grasshopper style where the the base bar of a time trial bike is pretty much just above the front wheel and um and then you stack the the aero bars on top of that um that's not comfortable for everyone that's not so where's i mean an aerodynamic setup on the bars is the most aerodynamic for sure but as soon as you get out of that it's not so you got to uh you got to be in the most comfortable versatile position on your bike yeah yeah um and you can gain a lot from from wheels um again aero helmets i have a bit of an issue with in a lot of cases because they only work in certain situations um if your head's tucked with the ones with the tails and a lot of the time they won't have a lot of ventilation um so if it's hot day now you're reducing your ability to cool yourself Mm. um and you're sticking your head up uh so you know there's yeah it's covering your ears and things um so a lot of that bike setup people are watching the professionals and going oh i need you know all of this sort of carry on you're like no you don't you Um, need to be comfortable yeah yeah, you need you need to be comfortable. You need to be able to to do it. Um, yeah. You need to be able to complete a a seven hour ride. You know, are you going to do a seven hour ride on your bars? <laughs> God, that would. Yeah, yeah, that might might hurt. You'll be sore anyway, but that would make you maybe more sore. Yeah, so. well, but the thing, so when you're on the on the time trial bars, like you're closing off that hip angle. You know, you're putting a larger um, amount of pressure through through like your your hip flexors and your hamstrings um so that's that's not helping your run right at all so if you can open your open yourself up i mean i'm not going to recommend anyone sitting upright but that is going to open your hip flexors up quite a bit which is what you need to do in the run you need to be standing up so if you've um essentially you know exercise like you're in the position of sitting at a desk almost when you're on your bike and that um folded over hunched position and then you got to try and stand up and and run with a nice fluid running style um so yeah that would be pitfalls for for the swimming swimming far too hard and outside their ability um or not even understanding their own ability with with not completing a, a time trial the bike is the positional side of things um over comfort trying to be aerodynamic and then the run is is trying to trying to gain speed or trying to run faster when in actual fact i i had this friend he was a marathon runner uh really really good uh, marathon runner and he's like oh i'm gonna he'd sort of retired he ran collegiate um over in over in the states and said oh man i was like at the time this is many years ago he's going oh, i'm gonna do an ironman i was like wow you're gonna smash it he goes no way I've got to run this marathon after 10 hours of exercise. I'm like, there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to do anything remotely fast. Um, it's just going to be a matter of, like, I'm just going to be able to, he's so fit and so well trained in his, in his leg muscles for running that he was just able to complete a steady run without fatiguing, you know, even after having done 10 hours. Because for him, he would do, a session like that like a 40 minute a 40k run sorry at the end of like a month-long training block yeah that, that 
that's not too dissimilar from um, from doing it at the end of you know fatigue levels wise. Um, yeah. Sweet. All right. Yeah, there I could. I could. I could definitely yeah. go on. Could yeah, definitely you could. Go on. But those are those are a lot of the things um, that I consider. And again, yeah. like I think over this whole training four series that we're gonna do, we're gonna be reiterating the slowing down. Yeah, I think we will. Yeah, the slowing down and consistency. Yeah. Uh, so the best way to do that is heart rate. Jump on um, pacoaching.tv, Check out the blog, uh, and it says how. I recommend to train in the heart rate zones and how to calculate your own heart rate zones. Or you could do it by training with power. And we talked about that last week. So you could listen to that podcast that we talked yeah. about last week. Or you could contact myself or Matt Miller at MTB PhD. We're both professional, professional coaches, Matt. Is that what you yeah, call yourself? Yeah, yeah. yeah, we are. That's yeah. pretty crazy, isn't it? It is. It yeah. is a bit. All right then, Matt, we'll uh, touch base next week. Thanks for uh, for joining me again. Sweet. Appreciate it. See ya. See you then.